grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. lesson for this 15th Sunday after Pentecost is found recorded in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 4 beginning at the first verse. Now, so now, Israel, listen to the statutes and the ordinances that I am pre-teaching you and carry them out so that you may live and so that you may enter the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving you and take possession of it. Do not add to the word I am commanding you, and do not subtract from it, so that you keep the commands of the Lord your God that I am commanding you. Keep them and put them into practice, because in this way your wisdom and your understanding will be recognized by all people who hear about all these statutes. And they will say, This great nation is certainly a wise and understanding people, because what other great nation is there? that has a God as close to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call on him. What other great nation is there that has statutes and ordinances as righteous as this entire law that I am presenting to you today? This was part of Moses' farewell address to the people of Israel. And this is the word of the Lord. Our second lesson is found recorded in St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 6, beginning at the 10th verse. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world rulers of this darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. For this reason, take up the full armor of God, so that you will be able to take a stand on the evil day, and after you have done everything to stand. Stand then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness fastened in place, with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace tied to your feet like sandals. At all times hold up the shield of faith which, which, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Also take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. At every opportunity pray in the Spirit with every kind of prayer and petition. Stay alert for the same reason, always persevering in your intercession for all the saints. Pray for me also that when I open my mouth, a message will be given to me that boldly reveals the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may speak about it boldly as it is necessary for me to speak. This is the word of the Lord. We read from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, and we read selected verses. This portion of scripture serves as the basis for the sermon this morning. 
the Pharisees and some of the experts in the law came from Jerusalem and gathered around Jesus. They saw some of his disciples eating bread with unclean, that is, unwashed hands. In fact, the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they scrub their hands with a fist, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And there are many other traditions they adhere to, such as the washing of cups, pitchers, kettles, and dining couches. The Pharisees and the experts in the law asked Jesus, Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders? Instead, they eat bread with clean hands. He answered them, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts, their heart is far from me. They worship me in vain, teaching human rules as if they were doctrines. You abandon God's commandment, but hold to human tradition, like the washing of pitchers and cups, and you do many other such things. He called the crowd to him again and said, Everyone listen to me and understand. There, there is nothing outside a man that can make him unclean by going into him. The things that come out of a man are what make a man unclean. In fact, from within, out of people's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual sins, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, unrestrained immorality, envy, slander, arrogance, and foolishness. All these evil things proceed from within and make a person unclean. This is the gospel. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded in the, the Gospel of Mark chapter 7. I'd like to read these words once again. The Pharisees and some of the experts in the law came from Jerusalem and gathered around Jesus, they saw some of his disciples eating bread with unclean, that is, unwashed hands. In fact, the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they scrub their hands with a fist, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And there, and there are many other traditions they adhere to, such as the washing of cups, pitchers, kettles, and dining couches. The Pharisees and the experts in the law asked Jesus, why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders? Instead, they eat bread with unclean hands. He answered them, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They worship me in vain, teaching human rules as if they were doctrines. You abandon God's commandment but hold to human tradition, like the washing of pitchers and cups, and you do many other such things. He called the crowd to him again and said, Everyone listen to me and answer. There is nothing outside a man that can make him unclean by going into him, but the things that come out of a man are what make a man unclean. In fact, from within, out of a man, out of people's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual sins, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, unrestrained immorality, envy, slander, arrogance, and foolishness. 
All these evil things proceed from within and make a person unclean. This is the word of the Lord. Your brothers and sisters in Christ, would you say that you are leading and living a God-pleasing life? Just because you may think you're leading a God-pleasing life, is it? Or maybe you feel you're leading a God-pleasing life, but is it? Wouldn't it be horrifying to find out that on the last day, to hear the words of Jesus say, who will be the judge on the last day, I do not know you. Away from me, you evildoer. How do you know if you are really living a God-pleasing life? Well, the answer can only be found by the very Savior himself, the Son of God, the very Lord Jesus, whom the Pharisees were going to with a question. This was the time right after the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus had just crossed with his disciples across the Sea of Galilee. That was at the time when Jesus had been praying, came down, and actually walked on the water. And shortly after that, he will make his way to Capernaum. He used Capernaum as kind of a headquarters from which he would go out preaching and teaching in the area of Galilee. The Pharisees are coming to him, but this is not the first time. In fact, in the Gospel of Mark, what we have before us is probably about the sixth time that they are coming to Jesus. And every time they come to him, they're always coming to question him. Not to learn from him, but to question his questions and his answers. They're trying to discredit him because he has become so popular in the eyes of the people. And so we take that question in that same vein. This question here, why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders? Instead, they eat with unclean hands. The Gospel writer Mark, who's actually writing to Gentiles, is writing to people who may not know the Jewish customs and traditions and practices. It had become an actual practice that people would wash their hands. And as it says in our text, which is actually a literal translation from the original, they wash with a fist. Now there's great debate among scholars what that actually means. Some see it as maybe it was the way that they would wash their hands with one hand closed and, and one hand open. Or as many scholars will lean towards, it could be emphasizing the amount of water that was required to have, a proper, to have a proper washing. In other words, water past the, the fist up to the wrist. But however we take these words, many translations will just simply say a ceremonial washing. These were rules that were handed down and they would follow these rules and, and they followed these rules because these were the rules set in order to please God. These were the rules that were felt that in order to please God and to be right with God, you held to these traditions. But the disciples were caught eating and not doing the ceremonial washing. In other words, they're 
letting them sin. And because Jesus is letting them sin, how can you follow him? How can you listen to him? He cannot be a godly man. They caught him. That's the way it looked. How is he going to get out of this one? Washing with unclean hands. Because they weren't following the tradition of the people. This question was very serious. The accusations really brought up behind this question is extremely serious. And the answer that Jesus gives is extremely serious. He quotes from the Old Testament, from the book of Isaiah, calling the Pharisees hypocrites, which literally means they're actors, you're, you're pretenders, you're, you're acting like people who are right with God, but your hearts are far from him. He quotes these words, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They worship me in vain, teaching human rules as if they were doctrines. The same sins and the same problems that Isaiah, the prophet, 700 years before the birth of Christ, was dealing with as a prophet of God, hasn't changed. What was sinful years ago is still sinful today, and they're still practicing holding on to these human traditions. And keep in mind, these human traditions, these human rules, didn't just simply add to God's word so that people would have to simply follow even more laws, but they were actually replacing God's words and his holy commands. That the human rules and human traditions were more important than the very word of God itself. And this is what Jesus is pointing out. Now, this does not mean that all traditions are evil and bad. Every church has its own traditions. Every church has its own customs and practices, as well as every church has its own characteristics. And every church is very unique. In fact, I was told of a story of a church where the pastor came to preach for the first time at the church, and he noticed that when he started the service, everyone sat on one side of the church. And right before the sermon, everyone got up and sat on the other side of the church. It wasn't like, like here where people are sitting on both sides of the church. At the beginning, one side, and then right before the sermon, sat on the other side. And when the pastor inquired about this, they said, well, that's been our traditions. That's been our practice. We've done this for years. He said, well, why are you doing this? What started this? Well, the, the people didn't know. When he went in and did further research, they found out that in the corner of the church, there was a wood-burning stove. So at the beginning part of the service, people would come and light up that stove, and because it was so cold out, they always wanted to sit closest to the stove. But then when it came halfway through the service, it got pretty toasty warm on this side. So people got up and moved to the other side. And when they put in their forced air, people just continued to practice that. Even though the entire church was being heated up, they still held to the practice of moving from one side to the church and all together. It became their practice. It became their tradition. 
Now, you may think to yourself, well, that's rather silly. Well, the tradition itself isn't hurting anyone. Is it to get up and move during the service? We get up and stand up and down, and we have various reasons why. But when the traditions become more important than God's word, when the tradition itself is not going to give glory to the Lord Almighty, when the tradition itself, if it's not followed, people start getting accused of sinning, they're being accused of, if you don't follow this tradition, you, you could end up in condemnation in hell. Then that tradition is no longer godly. In fact, that tradition must end because it is so ungodly. Once again, you may think that all of this rather sounds silly, but there's nothing silly when people start turning on each other, Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ, united with the blood of Christ, washed clean by the blood of Christ, start attacking each other because you're not following the rules, because you're not doing it right, because you're not being orderly, because you're being evil and you're being sinful, because you're not following the traditions. My dear friends, Take to heart the very words of God that we heard from Deuteronomy. Do not add or subtract from God's word, and above all, do not change it. Human traditions are not more important than God's word. When a human tradition gives glory to God, then, then let's practice it. But when it doesn't, when it becomes more important than the very word of God, that tradition has to stop. My friends, be careful in following what you think God wants and what you think the Word of God says. Follow what the Word of God actually says because the absolute truth is the Word of God is the only rule when it comes to our faith in life. This is the message of Jesus to the Pharisees. But now Jesus is pulling together everyone. And notice what he says to the crowd. There is nothing outside of man that can make him unclean by going into him. But the things that come out of a man are what make a man unclean. In fact, from without, out of people's heart, come evil thoughts, and so forth and so on. Jesus is making it very clear to the crowd that the disciples not washing their hands when they ate. Even though by CDC standards today, that's a big no-no. It, it is not what makes a person unclean. It is not what, what made them sinful human beings. It is actually what comes out of the heart. And do you see the two religions and the two differences of religions that we're hearing here? We have the religion of the Pharisees and we have the religion of Jesus. The Pharisees are saying that we have a free will and that we can do good by that free will. And so you need to do good. You need to earn God's favor. You need to have laws in order to follow so that you can earn God's favor and eternal salvation. Where here Jesus is pointing out that we are by nature sinful. We have inherited this sinful nature that goes all the way back to Adam and Eve when sin came into the world. When they ate from the tree, God commanded them not to eat from and they turned away from their God in unbelief. 
It is from a sinful heart that comes sinful actions. Like thoughts, sexual sins, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, unrestrained immorality, evil, slander, arrogance, foolishness. These are all things that come from a sinful heart. These are all things that are results of when people are not following God's moral law as beautifully summed up in the Ten Commandments. That moral law is God's statements of perfect love. Therefore, these are actions of pure selfishness. And selfishness, no matter how it shows its ugly head, is always sinful in the eyes of the Lord. These are the things that we still hear of even today. And it comes from a sinful heart. And because we are by nature sinful, we need a Savior. And we need a Savior who would pay for those sins. We need a Savior who would be righteous and perfect and keep that law and his perfection and, and his righteousness could be credited to us. And it is through faith. We needed a Savior who would suffer the punishment of sin, which is death, and do that in our, in our behalf because we could not suffer that and live. And that's exactly what Jesus did. The very Son of God who conquered death and, and connected with that resurrection is the promise because I live, you too shall live. And that eternal salvation is ours through God's invitation that through faith in him, we are saved. And this is the very Savior that also blessed us with baptism. My friends, we also need baptism. The reason I bring up baptism is because the word actually occurs here. In, in verses 2 and 3 of our text, he uses the word for wash and unwash, which is a very common word used for the washing of feet. But when he starts talking about washing here, the, the pitchers and the kettles and the cups and the dining couches, that he switches to an entirely different word. The word is what we translate as baptism. Now, this isn't the sacrament of baptism that he's using, but this very passage that, that we have before us is the very one I use when I teach people that baptism, the word itself in the original language, doesn't mean immerse, as so many teach today. Many people believe that the only way to be properly baptized and guarantee you have a proper baptism that's God-pleasing, you have to be eternally, you have to be entirely immersed. Well, you certainly could immerse cups and pitchers and cups, but can you immerse Whole dining couches? The word baptism doesn't mean immerse. The word baptism means to wash, as rightly translated here. And of course, in baptism, our sins are washed away. So we believe and teach that baptism is the applying of water in any amount. Yes, you, 
You could include immersion. But it is really the applying of water in any amount. But in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And the very name of God is revealed in his holy word. The very name of God sums up everything that our God has done for us. And therefore, in the blessings that the blessings of baptism that we receive from God, and this is why we call it a sacrament, is the blessings of forgiveness, new life, and eternal salvation. You are my friends in Christ Jesus, forgiven, redeemed. You are baptized with all the blessings that come from our Savior who gave his perfect life on the cross for the sins of the world. And only through faith in him are you truly saved. And it is out of love for him that we live a God-pleasing life. And that we live according to his holy commands. Not as a way to earn heaven, but out of thankful love for the one who won heaven for us. And so how do you know if you're living a God-pleasing life? It is a life that comes with a believing and pure heart. And a life that is in keeping with God's word. And the Bible is God's word. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemlutheran.org. SalemEVLutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemevluthran.org. May God bless you today and every day.